Well, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Exodus 20, Genesis, Exodus, right at the first, uh, verses 4 and 5. We're going to look at the second uh, commandment. I started a series uh, last week, and I hope that uh, you're getting into it. At the end, we're going to have a test, and we're going to invite, invite everybody to say them all. Okay, here we go. Verse 4. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. Our first uh, commandment was, uh, thou shall have no other gods before me. The second one we're looking at uh, today uh, gives us basically two principles. One is that we're not supposed to idolize anything. Not supposed to make an idol out of anything. We need to worship God only. Well, what is... An idol. I guess we ought to get that straight first. An idol is anything that takes the focus off of God and puts it on itself. Uh, When anything is first in my life, in your life, in anybody's life that is not God, it's an idol. Even if it's a good thing, it's an idol. Some people park their idols in their garage. Some people dock their idols uh, in St. Pete. Uh, Some people put their idols in their safety deposit box. Archaeologists tell us that every culture throughout the history of mankind uh, have had their idols, every single generation. There seems to be a desire in men to turn objects or people into objects of worship. God tells us not to do that. Second commandment, don't do that. In biblical times, there were three primary idols. There was Baal, who was the god of sex. There was Mammon, who was the god of money. And there was Moloch, who was the god of violence. And, of course, we are seeing a lot of that around the world today. That idol is evidently being held up. Uh, We don't have those physical idols today. We have matured from that. We've gotten beyond that. We just pay good money to go to the show and see sex and violence and money. Things don't really change. In those days... The idols were made of stone or bone or uh, metal. In our day, instead of that, we have mental images that we make our own idols. The shrine for worship, which was found in the home in biblical days long ago, is changed into a box, which we now call uh, the television. Every night when we turn it on, we see our idols. We don't worship uh, objects as much as we worship images, and there they are right on the screen, the images of success, the images of wealth, the images of status, the images of sensuality. 
we have to admit that it's difficult to rear our kids, our grandkids, our great-grandkids in a society which says, now those are the most important things there possibly is in the whole world. You've got to follow after these trends, these ideas, these fads. And we, of course, are wanting to say to the kids of every generation, no, those are not the most important things. Our Christian values are the things that literally not only hold us together, but hold our society together. Deuteronomy 4.15 says, watch yourself very carefully so that you do not become corrupt and make for yourselves an idol. God tells us, for our own good, don't idolize anything or anyone. Well, why shouldn't we do that? Well, there's three reasons. Number one, idols will disappoint you. They always promise more than they can deliver. Jeremiah 10, 14 says, Every goldsmith is shamed by his idols. His images are a fraud. They have no breath in them. On television it says, If you will wear our label on your shirt or on your sweater or on your coat, you will just be so popular. Well, that's a lie. By our product, and you will be so unbelievably successful. Well, that's a lie. Uh, Drink our beer, and your deserts will be turned into paradise. Well, that's a lie. Uh, Buy our toothpaste, and you will have tremendous sex appeal. Well, that's a lie. They always promise more than they can deliver. Have you ever ordered something through the mail, and when it got to your house, you know, you'd read about it, and it was just so great? Uh, And then when you got it, it was terrible. And you wanted to call them on the phone, but you, you know, you didn't have their number right in front of you. It was terrible. They were terrible. Have you ever bought something in a store, and when you got it home, it didn't work? Have you ever met somebody you just thought they were so great and you begin to think so very, very much of them, you kind of put them up on a pedestal and then lo and behold, you found out they had some chinks, you know, somewhere or another uh, in that picture. Anytime you put somebody or anything in the place of God, you are setting yourself up for a gigantic disappointment. Because idols always disappoint you. Number two, idols will dominate you. If you don't watch out for it, the idol will end up controlling you. When you love something more than God, bad things begin to happen. The thing you love more than God will begin to control you. Do you know the word that we use for idols today? Uh, It's not that word. It's the word addiction. You know, you can be addicted to a lot of different things. You can be addicted to your work. You can be addicted to sports. You can be addicted to a long, long list of things uh, on top of alcohol and drugs. 
which of course ruin millions of lives every year. But eventually it ruins your life when you love something more than you love God. I hear people say something like this, well, I can give this up anytime I want to. And I always want to say to them, I want to see it. You know, let's see it. You can give it up anytime. Why don't you start today, right now? And of course they can't. Because that idol is dominating their life. How many people do you know that by the lure of a certain promotion along the line somewhere, were led to neglect their families for a period of time. Uh, Or a promise of fame and acceptance that came, and, and during that time they compromised their integrity. Or for a profit motive, they threw their convictions out the door. You may never have realized this, but if you let a person control your life by their approval or disapproval, and they cause you to do things that you would not normally do, it is not just called codependency, it is called idolatry, because you're putting them in charge of your life. It's allowing that person to play God with you. And the number one way to break codependency is to put God first in your life and give your ultimate devotion to him and not to anything else. Idols will disappoint you and they will dominate you. Thirdly, idols will deform you. They will change you in ways that you eventually won't like. They will cause you to lose your uniqueness, which God has given you, and you want to become uh, something else. You want to change your values and, and modify your look and your actions and your, your mentality and your goals. You want to change all of that. Psalms 115.8 says, those who make idols become like them. In other words, we shape an idol and then it begins gradually to shape us. We become like whatever it is uh, that we have put in first place in our life. So we better save that spot for God. Or trouble is certainly on the way. One time a rich young man came to Jesus and he said, uh, Master, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to become a follower of yours? And Jesus looked at him and knew his heart and Jesus said, I want you to go out and sell everything that you have and give the money to the poor. Well, um, Because of what Jesus said, Uh, this fellow evaluated it. Jesus had gone right to the very heart of the idol that was in him. And, And Jesus told him what to do. And the young man thought about it for a few minutes. He looked at Jesus and he said, well, I can't do that. And the scripture says that he walked away sorrowfully. Sorrowfully. 
Now, let me ask you this morning, what do you need to give up? Is there something that's kind of making you jump through hoops? What do you need to give up? What is it that is holding on to you that is keeping you from being all that God would have you to be? Some say, well, I don't want to let go of this relationship I'm in. I, I know it's not good, but, but I, I don't want to let go of it. I like it. I enjoy it. I don't want to let go of it. Or you might say, well, I know this career is not the right career for me, but I'm finding some security there. And even though I hate it every day, I am not going to let go of it because, you know, it would just mess me up financially if I did anything else. Or I know this habit that I have is terrible. It is diminishing me. It is diminishing my family. It is hurting everything that I I want to accomplish, but I've got to hold on to it because it's got a hold of me. Well, uh, that's an idol. If God tells you to give up something and you can't let go of it, you don't own it, it owns you. Sometimes we have a griping idol. Did you know that? There's some people that have a griping idol. They gripe all the time. You know, they look for things to gripe about. Uh, they love to do it. They can't let it go. That's who they are. They, they've uh, gotten this great big griping idol in them. The family was coming home from church. The father was complaining, of course, about the service. He said uh, to his whole family who was in the car, uh, he said, uh, good night, the service was too long. It was just too long. And the music was too loud. For crying out loud, did they think we're all deaf? The music was too loud. And it was too hot in there. There were some people around me, and they were kind of crowding me, and I got hot. And it was just, it was terrible. It was just terrible. Well, the little boy who was sitting in the back seat was taking all this in that his dad was saying, and he he leaned up and he said, well, Dad, really, I didn't think it was too bad for a buck. (laughs) Idols will disappoint you. They will dominate you. They will distract you. And eventually... They will destroy you if you don't watch out. That is why God says, for your own good, for your good, don't let anything get in first place in your life other than God. The other side of this is that we should worship only God. What what does worship mean? It means to give our highest love our highest devotion uh, as we serve something. Only God deserves our highest loyalty. Not any person, not any career, not anything. Only God. Unfortunately, most people are like those Paul talked about in Romans 1.25. It says they exchanged the truth of God 
for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator. I began to think about the crazy thing that people will worship. Intelligent, rational, well-educated people will worship the weirdest things. Some of them will worship a tree, a certain tree. Some of them will worship a certain rock that's somewhere in the world. Some of them will worship pyramids. Some will worship a good luck charm. Some of them will worship the stars that are in the sky. And some of them will worship the stars in Hollywood. They'll worship uh, Miley Cyrus. Or they'll worship, isn't that guy's name Bieber? Is it Bieber? Bieber, is that right? Bieber. Now, you know, you've got to wonder about anybody that worships that. I mean, that's, is Bieber right? Is that right? Okay. You can tell I've watched that a whole lot. Right on top of that. Why is it that people want to make God into a statue? Why do they attempt to fashion God into a form uh, that they can bow down to? Well, there's three reasons for that. Uh, One, it's an attempt to limit God's location. You know, if you've got a a little wood piece stuck into your wall somewhere and you've got a little idol sitting there on it, you know right where God is. If If that's what you worship, you know right exactly where it is. And if you don't want God to be around you, then all you have to do is leave that room. Just go anywhere else. And that God is not there. They're back there on the ledge. Uh, So if you have him in a box, then you can put him in that box, and he can't see what you're doing. He can't see where you're going. He can't see what you're seeing. He can't see what you're becoming because he's on a shelf. He's in a box. I don't want him seeing everything I do. Some people would say if if they verbalized it. I don't want him not only seeing what I'm doing but where I'm going. I can put him on a shelf. I can keep him under my control. That's one reason we like to have a a statue as, as our God. Secondly, it's an attempt to reduce his power and his size. I'm going to whittle God down to my size. If I have God in a box or if I have God in a statue, then he is so much uh, less imposing. Not very imposing if I can put him in a box. It's a whole lot easier to change the image of God than it is to change ourselves. A lot of people change their theology because they cannot justify their lifestyle in any other way. We want to make God like us. God calls that idolatry. Little girl was, uh, you've heard this I'm sure, a little girl was drawing a picture at school and the teacher comes up and says, what are you drawing? 
little girl says, I'm drawing a picture of God. And uh, the teacher said, well, nobody knows what God looks like. The little girl says, well, they will when I finish this picture. (laughs) That is harmless for a kid. But a lot of adults are doing that. That's what they're doing, whether they know it or not. I'll make God in my image so he will justify my lifestyle, and I won't have to worry about it. That's the main thing. I won't have to worry about it. We want God in our lives, but we want him in pre-measured doses. Not in any great big doses, just little pre-measured doses. We don't want him to get out of control or out of hand. We just want enough of God for him to bless me, but not to run my life. Not to be guiding me every step that I take. Really, what I want is a genie. That's the third reason uh, some folks have statues. They want to control God. When you have an idol, the worshiper has control of that which is being worshipped. And they like that. Their wish is his command. A lot of people want a God that they can manipulate. God, you owe me this. Have you ever heard that? God, you owe me this. God, I demand this. I've heard that a lot in hospitals over the years. I've been with thousands of families when the report wasn't like, exactly what they wanted, and they said, God, I demand that you heal or change or alter this in some way or another. That's not uh, the way God operates. You worship him. He doesn't worship you. There are three benefits uh, to worshiping God. Number one, it will fulfill us when you put uh, God first in your life you love him uh, God says that you will find all the fulfillment in your life that God wanted you to have from the first Psalms 37 4 says delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart now You know, I I told you a little while ago about you do this mail order stuff, and when you get it, it isn't what you wanted. But here it says, if if we delight ourselves in the Lord, we'll get the desires of our heart. We'll get what we want. And that's a promise in the Word of God. He says that if we will seek our happiness in the Lord and not in other things, then we will have our heart's desire. That's a guarantee. He urges us to try it. I've talked to a lot of people who have stated that their only request and their only regret is that they didn't give their lives to the Lord sooner. They say to me, you know, Pastor, I wasted 20 years of my life. I was just out doing stupid things, trying to show off. I could have used those 20 years for the Lord. The Bible says in Romans 10, 11, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. 
when we, number two, when we worship God alone, we will find deliverance. We will find freedom. The Bible says we will experience freedom like never before if we put God in first place in our lives. Incredible freedom. John 8, 31 said, If you obey my teaching, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And we all want to be free. We don't want to be in a cell. We don't want to be confined to a certain area. We want to be free. Why is it when I put God first in my life, in the life of my family, we are set free? Well, here's why. We don't have to go by the approval of other people anymore. Cindy and I uh, bought a house recently, and uh, we have Augustine uh, grass in the front. And the very week we turned, we moved in there, it turned brown. And I thought, what in the world is going on? We can't have this. You know, we'll have the worst-looking yard in this neighborhood. So we had to hire a guy that we pay, is it 25 or 35 dollars a month? to come out and spray our yard with stuff because we care about what the neighbors think and because we care about what the association thinks. And the association, if our yard's ugly, they'll come tell us to get out of there. They don't want us there anymore. You know, so many of us are living for uh, the opinion of others, and we're just trying to live up to what, you know, we think will make everybody happy. Well, you know, if you're really focused in on God, you know, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, well, also, you're set free from your past. A lot of us have done things in our past, I have, you have, that we're not proud of, we're ashamed of. And if we, if we really uh, get the freedom that God wants to give us, we realize that we are forgiven for that which we did in the past, and we don't have to worry about that anymore. We're free. We don't have to carry that weight anymore. We're free. The other thing is you are set free in the present because you have a new power within you to break the habits that you could not break on your own. With God in your heart and your life, your mind, your soul, you can break that. And then finally... When we worship God alone, he will develop me. Uh, when I put God first in my life, it helps me to become, of course, you to become, of course, the person that God wants you to be. You become what you love. If you love God, you become more like him. You move in the Godward direction. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says we are being transformed into his likeness by the Spirit of God. Whatever you love, you are going to become like it. Whatever you worship, you are going to become like it. If you love money, you're going to become materialistic. If you worship yourself, you're going to become selfish. If you worship or love Christ, then you're going to be more and more like him every day of your life. Some of you are saying, Pastor, uh, I have a Christian home. We don't have any idols in our home. True, but you can have them in your mind. Our idols are not metal, not wood, 
not bone, but mental idols. And God does not want that for our lives. He wants us to know him as he is. And you say, well, how can we know God? He's kind of a spirit up in the air somewhere. How can I know him? Well, the greatest thing, folks, is that he became flesh and dwelt among us. And we know what he did, what he thought. We know his motive. We, we understand the story of his life. And because we know him, we can know God. Today, if you're in the house and you have never really committed your life to the Lord, You've talked about it, you've kind of wondered about it, you've had questions about it, but you've never really committed yourself to the Lord. This morning, I want to ask you to do that, to not put it off, but to really make him the Lord of your life and to worship him alone, to trust in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to ask him to forgive you of your sins and you place your faith and your trust in him, in him, in nothing else, in him alone. As we do that, our lives are changed, our destiny is altered, and we become one of the family of God. Today, you might have been visiting with us for a period of time, and you like it. You realize that we're trying as best we can to teach the word of God here. And you want to be a part of a church like that. Well, we want you to come and join with us and help us as we try and increase the ministry that the Lord has given to us. So come and join with us, serve with us as we try and serve him. I'm going to stand right down here at the front. If the Lord leads, you just slip out and slip forward and take a stand for Jesus. Let's stand together as we sing.